strength It's a sword of power Sword of power Dragon and earth Soaring through the sky Spread your wings Continues to be married in, in respecting the bonds of matrimony, leaving Katie Rose Leon to figure it out on her own this week on Ballin' Out Super. Oh, who said that? It's me. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Ballin' Out Super. I'm your host, Katie Rose Leon. With me, as always, is Alex Pitak. No, I'm not. That's right. He's not here. It's literally just me, which has never happened in the history of this entire podcast. Um, It's Memorial Day weekend, so I literally couldn't get any comedians. So today is a parasocial super show (laughs) where we pretend like we're hanging out with me in my personal friend group. Here today, I have a writer, DJ, lifelong best friend, Eric Shorey, and cartoonist, teacher... And all uh, homie, <laughs> platinum grade friendship haver, Robin Enrico. Hi, Katie. Those were some introductions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. What up? Um, I was just at a barbecue with my DJ daughter, Gay, DJ Gay Panic, and all of these young nightlife people knew me from nightlife, and I felt very honored. That's my update for the day. Was it like that time we... Uh, went to see Brenda's show and everyone came up to you and, and, and marveled at you being out late? <laughs> no, this was more honorific. This was like some like 24-year-old club kid promoter was like, oh my God, I know your work very well. Like I actually did door for you once many years ago. And I was like, wow, I so am important. For our listenership is a lot of people not from New York and a lot of straight people. So Oh, I'm so do- sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> so this is great. This is what I wanted this show to be for our, our listeners. So I need you to kind of explain why this is so funny. We are 32, which in human years is not very old, but in gay nightlife years, we might as well be geriatric. Yeah. I'm at the point where, like, Mo, my DJ daughter, might be training another DJ, which makes me a DJ grandmother, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have been doing nightlife for um, 12 years, and uh, it's too much. It's just too much. Um, do we get also... to go to their, their, does that mean we get to go to a, like a nightlife brisk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... I, it could be, it could be. Um, I think that's too gendered though for these kids these days. I know. I just was trying to think of something. <laughs> we should do like a nightlife gender reveal party. <laughs> that's your old age, Eric. Is like, now you get to just like make an appearance, have people go like, oh, it's you. And then because you're tired you're like okay now i that's what i literally did today and it was such an honor the children all bowed down to the elderly uh crones as they should yeah did they like present you gifts and bounty? Uh, they did like give me a lot of weed so yeah 
<laughs> they presented their offerings at the throne. Yes, today is Memorial Day, and we are memorializing our fallen troops. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, gay nightlife performers over 35. <laughs> oh, wait. I can, um, uh, now that we're talking about nightlife, which didn't take long because I guess that's just where we are. Um, I can now explain to every all of your audience how ballroom is a competition because the dum dums who host this show don't understand it. Oh, I would love to get into that, but I also want to <laughs> let Robin get a word in edgewise. Yeah, so. I'm just screaming over Robin, which I oh, tend to no. do. Hi, Robin. Which is like fine because I've missed you so much and not seeing any of you for a year that I'm like just hearing you got to go out and be like in your scene again is is wonderful. I um. Katie, you'll appreciate this. I was talking to your former teacher about like, like different generations of cartoonists. We're just like, oh God, I want to go to a convention so bad. Like, I don't see any of my friends anymore. So, you know, the fact that nightlife is back, like, yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Uh, I I think there will be conventions soon too. I mean, it seems possible. I really liked going to that one, the fucking Pratt kids put on. That one's great. I feel I feel like you at that nightlife thing. Yeah, Katie, we I was as I was watching this episode of Dragon Ball, I was reminiscing about your dad taking us to anime conventions when we were eleven years old. <laughs> <laughs> Probably thirteen, maybe not eleven. Uh, we were we were twelve to fourteen. There was there was like a swath of them for sure. Okay, all right. I should make a list here. Okay, Eric. Uh, fucking uh, tell tell the children about ballroom culture, I guess. <laughs> well, this originated because um, the dum-dums uh, who host your show with you are heterosexual, and that's a sick and boring life to lead. And you were, I, it seemed like at one point you were in a Ballin' Out Super episode trying to explain this to them. I was trying no to explain how it. ballroom is competitive, is a competition. And... Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was my fault. It was my fault for thinking they would understand. Um, <laughs> Jeremy has since become a father, so he's not really doing the show anymore. Alex is a little more amenable to my my flights of whimsy because he's a party boy at heart who loves wearing uh-huh. a Hawaiian shirt. But like, you know, I you know how when you exist in a bubble and that you forget people are outside of it and it was like one of those moments that even the straight the boys inside my bubble i was like oh you like really don't know what i'm talking about yeah yeah so (laughs) here's the thing um like uh straight people made sports and then they said gay people can't be involved in these and we all were like that's fine it doesn't look very fun (laughs) but we decided that like (laughs) we would do our own version of that and that is basically ballroom so it's like competitive runway walking competitive fashion competitions like dance battling that is also just posing there's non-physically demanding elements but there's some really physically demanding elements yeah it's it's like the 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 vogue categories especially nowadays are hyper athletic and usually the girls are doing you know, 900 backflips into a spin, into a dip. And like the, it looks really insane from the outside, but when you watch it enough, you also start learning like the different elements of it and like the, the whole rhythm of it. And it's just like a really impressive, like kind of literal gay sport. Like there are teams 
there are like you know there are long-standing rivalries between competitors it's it's just a sport i was gonna say like the 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 only two like contact points i have in media for like ballroom stuff are like rupaul's drag race competition and you know uh paris is burning which is shot like a sports documentary like yeah i mean the drag race comparison is like everything that drag race drag race is like um like the disney version of ballroom so it's like the sanitized like really stupid dumbed down version of it and like the real thing is like a billion times more intense and just wonderful i i yeah. I, I you know i have publicly discussed my love of the vogue's best twitter feed on multiple mm. platforms and i just like to start my day with seeing kids throw it down um katie me and you i wake up and i log into vogue's best every single day of my life and that's not a joke no i know I believe you 100%. And I uh, to try and keep this semi-topical, hey, if you like Sailor Moon poses, you'll or JoJo, you'll probably like Paul. If you're well, it has a listener. sort of like shonen anime element to it, it really, because like oh my god, why is <laughs> there it are there? legendary rivalries? Oh there god. are like moves Eric. that are inherited from their mothers. You know, like it is just like all it like that's kind of what Pose was like. All right, Eric. we're gonna turn this into like a shonen anime, but you know, I feel like and a lot of those girls watch anime. Yes, and you know, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so, here I'm just like I'm having like a full on brain explosion. Robin, Eric, <laughs> you're young people young people your people in the media uh yeah uh robin you know your fingers on the pulse of cutting age illustration eric you dress uh well uh <laughs> we we gotta find somebody in the anime industry to pitch the ballroom shonen yeah i think just i mean already there <laughs> It's so close, and we have cooking. We already have food wars, so like, well, and there's like, like we have like a cooking shonen, so like we could do it in other forms. Well, and, the, and right. there's a shonen for every hyper specific interest at this point, right? Like you know, like yeah, we all know like the Yuri on Ice or whatever, and 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 free, but there's also like, uh, there's one for playing a very specific obscure Japanese instrument. There's one for shoji. Like, you know, it's it's there. It's written itself. I'm... Yeah, I think it needs to happen. I and there is, there are houses in Japan right now. There is a house called House of Ninja which was named after someone named Willy Ninja and is not racist, I swear. <laughs> um and they have a really big house in Japan. The house of Mizrahi also has like a Japanese house. So like houses are teams, so those are the teams, um, and so there it could happen. I don't I've see why it couldn't. I've seen some great cosplay at a couple yeah. of events too. I'm, yeah, I'm really surprised because like I, I mean, just from my knowledge, drag culture goes pretty far back in in Japan, right? Like, the Funeral Parade of Roses is the '60s, right, so, right, right. But it's like, also it's, like it's been there it's definitely been there but i i'm certainly not an uh, expert on the history of it so i wouldn't want to speak more than out my mouth you know like <laughs> but i know it's there now i mean i know they have it right so anime what yeah oh. what's up <laughs> you guys watching any <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i just watched kite the other night which is uh real gross yeah. i never watched that one 
<laughs> it was like one of those like 90 like i think it was like oh. either 89 or 98 yeah it's just two episode ova that was like uh like hyper violent and hypersexual and like uh really crazily animated it was kind of like a leon the professional kind of story but in anime That's it was really really good but really violent and really gross that's one yeah. i feel like i always saw advertised on the back of like gamer revolution or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it was in the sam goody in the back of the, the like next to the ninja store. scroll or whatever exactly okay. exactly yeah i was gonna say that's like that's like a streamline or a uh central park yeah <laughs> yeah for sure robin what about you um, We've like. I, I actually. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but before the show started, you you pointed out that yeah. you and I haven't actually talked about anime in person before, which is kind of insane when you think about. That's well, weird. I mean, I I think like when I was fixing your roommate's computer the other the other week, and that was that was the first time we we sat down and watched anime, and we watched uh, Venus Wars. You know, continuing this eighties nineties anime trend, and we were just like, this is so good. Like, I, I, I guess I just fall, fell out of fashion of like watching anime with people. Um, you, you know, what are you watching by yourself? Yeah. Um, I've been, I've been watching, I started watching Devilman Crybaby. Oh, oh like, so good. We were just, so, so my co host and his friend just saw that for the first time. And so good. Yeah, it like tears apart people's psyches when they first see it. Yeah, the music is also just so incredible. It's funny because a couple years ago I saw the um, uh, what's I, I can't remember the the artist name, the Gona guy, um, like sixties uh, cutie honey, yes. and was fascinated by it because it's kind of cheap and terrible, and and I like Crybaby because a lot of the character poses and the the movement still has that bad like wonky off frame animation, and I'm like. This looks beautiful and awful at the same time. I love like... that. Well, that's why... Uh, the fashion in that one is incredible, too. They're all in these, like, beautiful, like, streetwear couture. Yeah. It's just a beautiful... It's just a beautiful piece of art. And then I shoot myself in the head. Uh, you know, it's fine. Sometimes we have to watch good anime and not just... Katie, what are you watching? So, uh, due to the... the, the I, I, uh, I watched... I texted you, Eric, about this. I saw Gunbuster and then Diebuster for the first time, which are um, hmm. Gunbuster is from the 80s, and it's the first thing that Gynax ever did. It's a six-episode OVA, um, and it has time travel and, and gay shit. I mean, not really. It's just girls ripping off their shirts. It's not gay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it's really good. And then, like, in 2006... Uh, what later became Trigger. It's like right after they made Fooly Cooly, then they made Die mm -hmm. Buster. And it's a continuation and it's kind of like its own show, but it also ties in. And they're both really fucking good. I was looking for like a torrent of it the other day and I couldn't find like a good one. I, so uh, I, can, links... I can get you that. I can, okay, I can thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. I have the hook it's up. like tape trading back in the day, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, um, due to the, the terrors of polyamory, one of the people I see has, like, a, a huge database of downloaded anime because they are Ugh. 
are older than us uh and the uh, other thing i've been on the hunt for is those uh like all of the japanese tomie movies that came out and i just can't seem to find any of them except are for the they different than one. that series because that series looked like dog shit the no the tomie movies are like from like the 90s oh so they're actually well made yeah, yeah, or like maybe early two thousands. I don't know if they're well made or not. I can't find them. I just, they're just like really, really trend, difficult to find. This trend in the the cheap the cheap animation of beloved classics is really just taking a dump on my heart. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I kind of liked the Junji Ito collection on um, Crunchyroll. I thought it was like. I, I mean, it was definitely some of the animation was really janky, but some of it was the stories are just really yeah. The stories really are good. great. I just yeah. I just maybe it's just unfair because those comics are so beautiful. So there's just like yeah. No way to live it's up just to you it. can't live up to the the detail of yeah, that art. I was gonna say when you've when you when you've internalized like that in that medium, you you've kind of built in like well no that's what it looks like, and 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 you know comics teacher like you know your your mind is filling in the space between the panels so um you know the the junji ito you've imagined in your mind is so perfect and terrifying like anything is always going to have a hard time living up to that totally this is kind of amazing this is like the most sincere in-depth anime conversation we've had on the show in months so you know what <laughs> i've like i've always fantasized of having my own spin-off show of this podcast and i feel like this is just where to be like if you actually want to hear about it come over here i guess <laughs> i don't know um i will say those tomie manga are i just read the omnibus for the first time and it was so beautiful so every single frame was so beautiful and the stories were so strange and so disturbing and so weird i really really love them they're fucking good yeah <laughs> there's a reason they are Highly celebrated. Classic. 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 Cla classics. It's a classic. Oh, man. I keep trying to work this burp out a second time. I, I drank a Coca-Cola oh, no. so I could be snappy for you guys. <laughs> 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 um, well, we still we still got, like, some some time to waste here. Um, oh, okay. What do you want to waste time I with? I don't know. What the, yeah. what the fuck's up? What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> um katie wait do you i feel like your dumb head straight audience probably need like do you like recommend them music that doesn't suck because they all have bad taste and don't know what to listen to oh my god so here's something i've learned a lot of my audience has told me they don't listen to music oh right you've told me about this well that's crazy yes um and they're they're not they're not old people like no, me who are just they like... told me they listen to soundtracks sometimes, but that's about it. Now I know there are people that do listen to music, but um for instance, I came against the ska resurgence very publicly a few episodes again, and that was meant with much pushback. So like to give you an idea of what I'm working with here. Okay, wait, wait. What kinds of ska were they, they were listening to old ska no. or like so weird I, new okay. is there new ska? I'm so glad they you make two are ska? here because this is this is <laughs> what I was said. I said so ska is making a big comeback. There's a bunch of new bands. And what I oh, said no. Okay, listen to me. What what I said is I do not like this push for ska to be socially acceptable 
because like there's a bunch of like cute queer bands doing and stuff and i believe that if you're over 22 and you're listening to ska that you should be embarrassed of it and it's okay to listen to it but i just don't think you should be proud about it i don't think there's anything wrong with that take (laughs) it'd be like listening to polka like why are you listening to polka (laughs) like like well, that's just weird. Like, you know, I was in the ska band, Eric. I say that. Oh, I used to go to your ska uh, band I shows. I loved ska growing up. It's music for children. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say the twenty-two thing is so crucial because it's like, you know, you still might have to deal with like, no, no mom and dad. Like this music is fine. Like I'm not, I'm not into anything evil. It's ska. Like, but, but once you're a grown-up, you know, like. Maybe something with a little a little more grit to it. Like. Or just like, I don't know, the grit isn't the problem for me as much as it is. It's just like, there's just something, like, it's like marching band. Like, it's just well, so, like, it's, nerdy it's what, and ugly. It's the uh, musical equivalent of a, a improv troupe that thinks they're doing great. Oh, big time. Oof. Yeah. And, and big, once big again, time. nothing wrong with that. Just you should have some shame around it. That's all I'm saying. I feel like it's like, yeah, I feel like it's like the thing where it's like improv people only. The only people who go to improv shows are other improv people. It's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's gross. Guys, like, listen to some real new music. I know it's really scary to try new things. Yeah, go. Um, Pop off. But like the rewards are really cool. And there's lots of really cool stuff out there right now. Like. There's just people making all kinds of like weird techno and like weird like hybrid genres that are like, you know, like happy hardcore rave music that also is like really vulgar rap music that also is metal music. Yeah. It's just all out there. It's crazy. Wow. I'm going to invite you on the show once a month to just like back up every point I've been trying to make over the course of the previous four episodes because you're just really validating me right now. I just er- like Eric is your hype man now. <laughs> I just I just think the heterosexuals need to like step outside their comfort zone a little bit. To be fair, and, like, to be fair, we do have a lot of queer listeners. I just want to put that. I'm out sure there. they're not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> they're not listening to ska. Okay, you'd be surprised. Unfortunately, well, listen, I'm here because I am their mother, but you are also their mother, and they just don't realize it. So you're here. You yeah, know, yeah, I've been yeah. good cop for too long. I need you. <laughs> I needed backup. What? Okay, so if we're on the subject, what do you have any specific suggestions for my baby? Um, I think I'm still really obsessed with that lust sick puppy. She's so uh, cool. Person. Oh, are, I'm sorry. I don't I'm know sorry. what gender they are. I'm sorry. I knew, yeah. So they're um, so cool. They're just I, my bad. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like metal rap and like rave music. Yeah. It's like, you know, like it's like what if like um, a cool black teen listened to a lot of Linkin Park, but also anabolic frolic. Yes, it's very very strange, and also Megan The Stallion. It's very very strange. It's very very loud, but they're just like um, the next big thing. And I'm just really obsessed with them. Great. Yes. I, I, I endorse this Robin. I'm not going to put you on the spot about That's music. A good sell. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you pitch a comic and then we'll get into the show. Oh my God. Oh, geez. I, that's like, that's like the tragedy of, um, of quarantine time is I feel like 
there has been so little like this this is this is the, like the cartoonist time to shine where it's like finally locked away now i don't have to go visit anybody but i think everybody was like mentally crushed and didn't do anything um the one piece i would say that really came out of this that's that's really good um and it's actually finally for sale now is um uh, you you probably know them, Alabaster, uh, Pizzo. Yes, we went. Uh, we were literally in school together. <laughs> I I think I I kind of remember that that was similar timeline. They did a book, um, Prayer to Saint uh, Therese, which is about like projecting themselves uh, in 2050 and like imagining themselves like in their 50s and like still being like a party girl and like trying to kind of trying to navigate that space um i appreciate that perspective because i think our generation is going to really have that problem because we're so broke <laughs> we're still going to be like you know living in artist lofts and like with with our saggy bodies and being like i gotta go i'm do not my doing art. it i, I don't refuse hang out. No, no i will not live you... in an artist loft ever again so guys <laughs> Before we get into this week's episode, we do do ad reads here on the podcast. I know, uh, okay, well, it looks like no one sent us, so I'm just going to do the one for the Patreon. Uh, all right, hey, guys, just a reminder here at Ballin' Out Super, we do 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 do, and we also do do ad reads, so please email ballinoutsuper at gmail.com to set that up. Oh. Ooh, uh, do you like Tenchi Moyu? I know you do. I thought I did. I loved the first two seasons, but it turns out in 2006 they continued the show and it became very bad. Please donate $5 a month at BOS Pod on Patreon to hear how my the sound of my heart breaking live in person. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, that's right. Patreon.com slash BOSPod. There's probably some music in the back of this. Woo-wee! All right. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Who wants to talk about Dragon Ball Z? I guess yeah. I do. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. I don't, um, so, I don't get it. Yeah, well, we're about to get into that. Uh, hey. Let's go. Episode 69. Nice of Dragon Ball Z Kai. The title of this episode is I am your brother? The monster with Goku's energy. Let's fucking go. Cool. So uh, for those who listened to the show, uh, last week Piccolo had Kame climb into his body uh, and uh, he found our new friend the bug man who we know is cell because i've watched this in 1995 um and the rest of the gang is at master roshi's house watching terrorism happen on tv uh we open up and piccolo approaches the bug man uh who just raptured everybody so you see everyone's clothes in the streets and he gasps at the power it doesn't make any sense now, you two jump in at any time. <laughs> that's, I didn't realize that was what was happening, but okay. That, that's what shocked me was, like, how how much horror stuff there was in this episode. The, 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 rapture, the rapture imagery was like, okay, I don't remember this from 
the last time I watched Dragon Ball, and then like what Cell is about to do, uh, like on camera as as like this this show is dark. Yeah. So the cool thing about Dragon Ball Z is that it's fucking sick, and it's really gnarly. You know, we originated this podcast watching through Super as it aired, which is like the weird Toriyama like phone in it and checked out Disney World version of the show. So mm. to come back to Dragon Ball Z to see blood and torn up shirts and people puking up a little bit when they get punched in the stomach. Mwah! Simply love to see it. What uh, year are we in when this was made? So this is like the 90s, late 90s. Late 90s. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so... Yeah, he approaches this little bug man. Doesn't his mouth is covered with a couch cushion type thing? He looks like a a beetle. I kept thinking that he's what um like weird conspiracy theorists think Hillary Clinton really looks like. Yeah, or like Jews. They think that's what I look like. <laughs> right. My okay. Skin on. Yeah. 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 They're the like that's what the reptilian <laughs> shapeshifters are. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I forgot to mention last episode. Uh, Future Trunks and Gohan found an egg and a like a cicada shell that. Is is implied that this dude climbed out of. Oh, okay, got it. Interesting. Yes. So everyone's freaking out because Piccolo senses his power and he's like Yeah, they like they found like the Lavos egg. Yeah. Like. Uh meanwhile at the Kami house, um Goku uh for you two to know plot wise, um so future trunks came from the future and he was like, hey in a couple years, these androids are going to come and end the world, and also Goku's going to have heart failure, so I brought you some medicine. And then the androids showed up, and then Goku still got heart failure because he didn't take the medicine because he felt okay. So oh. now he, he's he been recovering from heart failure, but oh. he finally took his medicine, you see. Oh, so that's why they were like... Oh, yes. he's waking up soon. Okay, he's this been, is making sense. Yeah, Goku. Anti-vax yeah, Goku. Yeah, Goku is a strong anti-vaxxer. This is a whole. This whole episode is a commentary on anti-vaxxing. Right, uh, Hillary so, Clinton's there. Yeah. The vaccine is there. I see it all. Yeah, so he's sweating it out. It looked like he was going to wake up, but not quite. So little Gohan runs to the living room where everyone's watching terrorist attacks on TV. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Cell has grabbed a racist rich man who begs Piccolo to save him. He says, hey, green guy with the pointy ear, I'll give you a stack of money if you save me. That didn't work out. <laughs> I really like the, like, I like how they zoomed in on the money, like like some, like, Ebenezer Scrooge thing. Like, I, you know, your money's worthless Dragon now. Ball isn't really known for uh, social commentary, but what happens here is, yeah, the, the comical human is begging Piccolo to save his life. Piccolo looks at the bug man, and he's like, you know, let this guy go. He lets him go, and then it turns out the bug man has a little uh, needle tail, like a like a syringe at the end of his little slimy long tail, his little Frieza tail, except it's got a syringe. He sticks it in the human, and then this, like, totally grotesque, like, 1980s Crypt Keeper shit happens where the dude literally melts and they keep doing a shot of the money and it's hand shrinking on it. And, you know, if I was in art school right now, I'd be, like, cutting this over, like, me just over a synthesizer going, like, consume, consume, <laughs> you know. In my notes, I wrote Melt Man May. 
I recently watched um, Hunter x Hunter, and I didn't realize that, like, the Chimera Ant character was, like, so inspired by Dragon Ball because I was, I guess, just lacking the context because this is just, I've never yeah, seen any most, of before. Most shonen is, is highly influenced by Toriyama. I mean, it's, I obviously knew that, but I guess I can, having now watched one episode, I'm like, oh, like a lot, though. Yeah. Like, intellectually, I knew that, but then I was watching it and I was like, oh, everything I've ever watched other than this is influenced by this. Yes. Yeah, well, it made sense. One of the things that struck me as, because I've never watched this late into the series, I, I mostly only watched it in the '90s. I was amazed no one ever like talked about power levels. Like, they actually kind of built Cell up as a threat, like, without just being like talking about a bunch of abstract numbers. Yeah, they so that happens a lot early in the series, but then they this is like when they start abandoning shit, which is a real Dragon Ball move. <laughs> and I actually really appreciate that because yeah, after he like zaps the life out of this dude, and everyone everyone feels his energy, which is like a theme in this show. They're like, oh, he senses this energy, but they're all confused because his energy tastes like everyone else's. They're like, oh, that tastes like a Vegeta energy. And a Goku energy. I don't understand. Um, Piccolo yells at him, like, what's your deal? Why do you call me by my name? Like, what's your thing? And he's like, I'm not going to explain shit. Fuck you. Why would I do that? I'm an evil villain. Yeah, that was that was very cool. That It really sold the threat of Cell by him being like... Like, everybody was like, this, this character is powerful. And that's like a very standard Dragon Ball Z trope. But just the fact that he was like, he he didn't reveal his master plan or like monologue for a long time to kill time in the episode. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of threatening. Yeah, he he definitely is intimidating in a way that a lot of these villains are not at first because he's actually withholding stuff. Um, so I felt like that was uh, accurately communicated by his like. Uh, demeanor and the the way that everyone was talking about him that this was like a different situation from things they had faced before I felt like that was well communicated so Piccolo goes talk or else he's like I don't talk to my food before I kill it he he mocks him and this is when Piccolo starts powering up and he's like lighting up and stuff and he's vibrating a bunch because he's so fucking strong is and this a thing goes, they do a lot with the just standing there and grunting for like a full minute? Yeah, that's very common Dragon Ball stuff. But what is interesting about this is so this whole Super Piccolo arc, right? It's a big deal. He bullies Kame to merge with him. So they keep talking to like he's no longer Piccolo or Kame. He's a whole different thing. And then they completely drop this as soon as it's over. <laughs> They're like, actually, he's just Piccolo. We're not renaming a guy. He's just we- Piccolo. Who's the guy he's merged with? What's that about? So, there... Uh, Is it his so... dad? <laughs> no, no, it, um... It, it's it's like... I, I kind of... Even I was like, I don't know who Kame is, but... But but I like that they were like... Like, Piccolo's always, like, the first guy who gets killed. Yeah, so there... The Namekia, he got stranded on the planet, and then the, he split into good and evil, and then the evil guy was Piccolo, and the good guy was Kame. Okay. And then Kame uh, lived on a lookout with his racist best 
friend and lover, Mr. Popo. Okay. Um, who I think maybe they're, they're married. Uh, and uh, his existence is what ensures the Dragon Balls exist. Uh-huh. And um, he's this all-powerful being, and he, he, Piccolo flies up there, and he's like, yo, uh, the world's going to be exterminated if we don't get stronger, and the only way we could do that is if I absorb you into my body. I feel and like you're describing puts... like a Yodorowsky film to me. It kind of is. Okay, so Robin was having massive uh, internet problems, which is something uh, listeners of the show know I empathize with greatly. Uh, I don't know if it kept cutting out when I was trying to land plugs, but please, RobinEnrico.com for all his comic books and stuff. Um, and I'll, I'll say that again at the end of the show for him. Anyway, Eric was just comparing Dragon Ball Z to Jodorowsky, which is why he's here. <laughs> well, you were just, like, summarizing, like, the 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 um, series of surreal and, like, maximalist events that led to this episode, and I was like, I feel like I'm listening to some kind of, like, metaphoric spiritual journey. I mean, it kind of is. Like, Dragon Ball is extremely stupid, but the reason it's so beloved and has such a longevity, at least these storylines from like the original Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z is there is like real storytelling elements to them. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's like, it's very weird. I guess I should clarify that I am a giant mega anime nerd, but I've just never gotten around to Dragon Ball. Like it just hasn't happened. But it's also like, doesn't have the set of parameters that you, I, I know you personally look for. Yeah. But, um, I can tell you as, like, a connoisseur, like, how I really love, like, early 90s shit specifically. Yeah. It's, it's like, definitely worth at least watching some of the Dragon Ball movies, like, the original and stuff. It's just, like, the animation's super cute. And Yeah, like, I mean, Akira Toriyama is, like, obviously, uh, like, a literal master of the art form, so that does make sense. But I don't know. There's There was, I felt like I was learning a lot while watching. Anyway, we were at summarizing some plot point. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I feel so bad for Robin. He was so excited to do this. Oh. Uh, I know. Maybe we'll have him hop on again in the end. Um, so <laughs> he's vibrating because he's so strong. And uh, and he's like, I, uh, you know, I, 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 lightning's happening. And, uh, you know, he announces his name is no longer Piccolo. So Sal's like, you're not him? Who are you then? He's like, wouldn't you like to know, bitch? Uh, meanwhile, in the sky, Krillin catches up to Trunks. Last episode, Trunks left everybody to be like, I'm going to go see what's up with this bug. And uh, Krillin's like, hey, Trunks, I'm here to help, even though I'm the show's most useless character. And uh, they are scared because they sense the energy, but then they are excited because they realize it's their old pal, Piccolo. Oh, I liked Trunks' outfit. Trunks is very fashionable. He has a cropped jacket, a big The cropped sword. jacket is so cool. The, the sword with the, like, seatbelt buckle enclosure. Yes, yes. The, yeah, that was he, really cool. That matched his belt. Really cool. Big Trunks oversized pants. Very I, good. I'm very sad we don't have you for an episode where people are wearing their streetwear looks because, like, they're all in their fighting clothes, but they are occasional vacation outfits. And let me tell you, they're very fashionable. Oh, I could see it. I could see it. You accidentally sent me another episode before, and I got to see a, a, a good Bulma outfit. And I was like, oh, she looks great with her, like, curly blue yeah. hair and, like, red and black striped dress with, like, a visor. So cute. Yes. 
Yes, she's she's the best. Uh, even though she sometimes uh, is a little bit racist, but you know, oh. Uma, it's not her fault. She's from a different time period. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so uh, they catch up, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's our friend Piccolo." Now, Piccolo's talking shit to our bug friend. He goes, you know what? I should thank you for destroying this city and rhapsodizing all these people. Because now I can really fuck you up without thinking about casualties. And that's Piccolo reminding us that he's kind of twisted. He's kind of fucked up. And uh, and that's when he shoots a really, really, really big beam. Holy shit. It's the biggest beam. It's so fucking big. Wait, so Piccolo, okay, Piccolo is, like, bad now or good right now? He's good, but he okay. has a bad past. Uh, so, plot-wise, in the original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Nozy, he was a bad guy that fought Goku, okay. our beloved scamp. But now they, they became frenemies at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. Then okay. Goku dies. Oh. And he raises... Gohan, his son, <laughs> in the woods. He kidnaps his son and teaches him how to fight. Oh, cool! In the okay. woods, and he literally abandons him like on a plateau, and he checks in on him and like makes him do, you know. And he's like a baby, but he leaves him in the woods for like three years or whatever. Okay, here's something I learned today that Goku is like a plucky, happy-go-lucky kind of a guy. Yes. Um. You know how wrestlers become extremely brain damaged over time and that either makes them really angry or they turn into Mick Foley and become obsessed with Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, he's like a Santa Claus type. Yeah, he has died and come back to life several times and he's the most powerful dude in the world. So his like moral compass is completely shattered and all he cares about is fighting, eating, and, and being a scamp. But he seems like he's having a good time with it. He's not like angry or bitter about it. No, no, it's... It's it's complete id in the joyous sense. Fascinating, fascinating. He, he seems was, fun. He seems like a fun hero. He is. Um. So he was raised in the woods, and his grandpa died, and so he was a feral child, which helps give you some perspective. Goku was a feral child? Yes. He oh. crashed from outer space, and he basically grew up in the woods without ever meeting a human until he met Bulma when he was like seven okay. or whatever. Um, so, you know, cognitive functions are questionable. Um, he is a really fun hero, except he becomes a really frustrating he hero because his desire to fight people is greater than doing good or preventing harm. I see, I see, I see. So he, like, will not kill people a lot of times because he's like, I just can't wait to fight you some more. And Got you're it. like, Goku, the world, though. The okay, I world. see. I'm, I'm seeing all the dilemmas laid out in front of me. I'm understanding but what he is the fun. issue is. He doesn't yeah. get too pissed off very often. The first time he goes Super Saiyan, he, he, he becomes real aggro because uh, lore-wise, you become Super Saiyan because you're, like, super fucking pissed off. But um, you'll actually really appreciate this, Eric. So in this, Dragon Ball Z is established you go Super Saiyan by being so fucking aggro, bro. And then in Dragon Ball Super, which came after this, right? They mm. introduce female Saiyans. Oh. 
and how they learn to go Super Saiyan, they're trying to explain it to someone, and they're like, okay, you go Super Saiyan by being really angry, and then she says, actually, it's just a feeling in your back. See, I can do it. You don't actually have to be angry. The two genders, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> heterosexuality is a prison like yeah. damn like that i see you would like their plot too because there's two girls and they're clearly like girlfriends and one's like a sassy like you know well what uh, are their uh, names i want to see their outfits uh khalifa and i forget her her quiet like shy art school girlfriend they're not great they're uh you know they're very toriyama uh uh like uh, dragon quest uh, desert wear Okay, wait. I'm looking them up. I want to see. No. If you want fashion, you got to see Android 18 and um, Bulma. Okay, I'm seeing her. She's pretty generic. That's a yeah, shame. Yeah, because Dragon Ball Super has really bad design. Okay, wait. 18, cyborg lady. She's a cyborg. Yeah, she's wearing Western wear briefly for this episode. But, yeah, um, I, I clocked that outfit and but I thought it was But she okay. changes her outfit several times, and one is just like me in 2004. 15 where she has like she wears like a striped crop top and a jean jacket <laughs> like, oh i'm seeing i'm seeing the striped i'm seeing a striped shirt and yeah. a denim vest also you can do uh here I'll, I'll send you a whole file of like casual looks that i think <laughs> you'll you'll enjoy well she looks like she's wearing a vivian westwood vest which i approve of um yeah. she seems like she's doing great the proportions on everyone's faces on this show is just really crazy. Yeah. It's just like they all got Tyra Banks five heads every every. Well, especially the androids, but they're they're robots. So that's why. Oh, um, OK. I just thought they were drawn like that. So uh, after the really, really big beam, we we do get a meanwhile to the pink bread truck that the androids have stolen. We got 17 and 18. Uh, they notice the change in the atmospheric pressure. They they notice Android 16 comes out the back and announces that it turns out he has some magical radar that so he can sense fights from across the planet. And he says one of the fighters is as strong as Android 17, to which he replies, that's simply not true. <laughs> and uh, I guess you're just another botched creation from Dr. Jiro back in the truck. That's enough for my boyfriend, this uh, section. Which one's your boyfriend? The one with the black hair. Who's Not the big bitch. hunky like bear in with the cyborg eyes. I mean, he is on the spectrum, so clearly we we would have a lot to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> like, well, well what's their deal? Who are they? What so are they all about? They, okay, so up until this point, Future Trunk showed up, right? And he's like, "There's some androids. They're gonna like come fuck everything up." And then at first, we got these two other androids, and they were killed. And we thought that was it. No, no, no. It's actually these two badass teenagers ready to go shopping and fuck everyone up. They're so evil that they killed their creator. Oh no! It turns out there was a third one, Android 16. He doesn't have the upgrade. Like it's like in Star Trek, how. Data doesn't have a human personality, but Lore does. Um, so he, he doesn't have the upgrade. The big boy was programmed to kill Goku specifically. Got it. Um, so he actually doesn't really have interest in chaos like the other two does. He's just there to fuck up Goku. Also, there has been implied on several episodes that he loves forest creatures. There's several oh. shots of him petting deer and singing to birds. Well, uh, 
he seems like a fun character to I stand, like, as the kids say. Yeah, I like Android 16. Um, but he is currently out to kill Goku, who technically is our hero. Right, uh, okay, I see the dilemma. Um, so, but Goku's, uh, like, napping. Is he going to kill him while he's napping? Uh, well, they got to find him. So, oh, like, okay. Android 18 and 17 are pretty much the most powerful people on the show currently. Okay. And they're, like, doing some, like, funny games tour where they're just, like, robbing people and fucking shit up for fun. because Well, they they're fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I love them. They they really, like, they're going to destroy everybody, but the whole reason why they're so terrifying is unlike other villains with, like, goals, they don't have a goal. They just, like, don't give a shit. Oh, uh, they seem cool. Yeah, they're um, great. They're, I'm they're team genuinely androids. favorite characters of mine. However, okay. they found this bug carcass, right? And then it turns out this like weird robot bug man's here, and we don't know why he's here yet, and we don't know what he has to do with these other two. Better tune in and find out. So that's Piccolo's brother, he says. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> so Cell says he's Piccolo's brother, but what he means by that is he's created from the information of all these other fighters that Got he's it. like absorbed into his bug body. Got it, got it. I'm totally following, and I 1 million percent get it. What's up with their shoulder pads? Uh, whose shoulder pads? Piccolo and the... So Piccolo's, bug. like, beautiful cape there, the, like, cape look, that's yeah. weighted. He it's takes weighted. that off when he gets serious, because he's like, now I'm free to move faster. Which the shoulder pr- pads are weights? Yeah, it's weighted clothing. That he's, he's that he makes from his hands, by the way. They don't really get into it. He's like a weird he's also like a weird vegetable man. Um Oh, okay. Yeah. His people eat through photosynthesis. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of lore in Dragon Ball. Yeah, I love explaining this to someone who's watches anime because you don't balk at the depth of which I need to explain this. No, I'm like, fully following literally yeah, you everything know, you're saying because it's not any more zany than any other of the garbage right, like that you I watch. watch all sorts of you know you and i grew up watching like angel sanctuary and fucking you know akira yeah and then we watch like my hero and stuff so it's just as convoluted to yeah explain. yeah <laughs> i like um it reminded me of um like just like the kind of uh plot structure of it reminded me of inuyasha a lot yeah you know i always pitch inuyasha as a girl and boy show that kiss because it's like you still got the romance and like, right. the Kagome shit, but it's it seems like, like this is just only like boys only time. Yes. Like boys only Inuyasha is exactly. just yeah. uh, Dragon Ball, which is fun because I like the boy parts of Inuyasha a lot. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, Ginger Town's like totally fucked. And then Cell, uh, we don't know if he's Cell yet. The bug man jumps into the sky and he does a little swirly beam. Which, Eric, this is a move he stole from Piccolo. So this is like watching another wrestler do their finishing it, move to somebody. It, it's it, like stealing the sharpshooter. Okay. So that's why Piccolo's like, what the fuck? He just did it, my own move on me. Um, and that's well, like... that's why he was so surprised, because that's his yeah, move. Yeah. Okay, following. So got that's it. like a big no-no. He says, that you know, that's my attack. And then they go in full-on fisties punchies. They're in the sky, fisties punchies. They're dodging. Their lines are moving fast. They're doing all sorts of. The fight scene was cool. Yeah, I mean, I like that part a lot. We're in like peak Dragon Ball bullshit this episode. Okay, Okay. so we get good fights, but we also have like people staring at each other and yelling and like saying shit out loud that's already been explained. Right, and like flying in the sky looking for something. Yeah, 
Um, I, I'm noticing that that's like a big thing that there's a lot of in Dragon Ball. Like there's someone a lot flying of somewhere and flying looking for so, There's a lot of uh, commuting time. <laughs> there's a lot of commuting time and there's a lot of like Greek chorus. Like, you know, when you're at the party, right? And you're watching like two other people get into an argument across the room and all yes, your I friends are like, I don't know how this is going to go. That's yes. like what the show is it's a very real housewives plot structure yeah it is it's like (laughs) there's like the gossip on the way to the luncheon and then the fight at the luncheon and then the commentary about the fight at the luncheon while it's happening and then also after it happens exactly yeah i'm following i get it wrestling shonen anime real housewives it's all the uh, same shit (laughs) it's all the same shit it's just like you don't know whose face or heel at any given moment um, it's it's uh it's good. I'm I'm following along. I get all of it now. <laughs> I like that there is like like wrestling. I mean, I guess they always call like uh wrestling redneck anime, but like the like I understood the logic of the fight scene, but I it you are rewarded knowing that he was stealing Piccolo's move. Like I didn't yeah, realize Yeah, exactly. That. It was smart. Then, I get it now. <laughs> and then this is when he announced I'll I'm going to crush you. Uh oh, uh you know, Piccolo does this whole speech where, you know, after he, like, punches him into the ground, he's like, I sense that you're holding back. And, you know, Dragon Ball is all about, like, don't hold back. Give me your best fighty. And uh, and then Cell announces, well, when I reach my final form, which is a big, big uh, keyword in Dragon Ball land, uh, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. And I use my little syringe tail to steal bio energy from people. And Piccolo announces, what's, how did you even come back? So this bug android, Eric, he's from the future. I got that. And uh, he, yeah, so he's like, how did you get back here? And he's like, well, I, I, I took your space, your time machine, but uh, I was too big. So I went in an egg. So I'm still like, you know, I'm still cooking. I'm still like working. Got out. it. Makes sense. And, uh, and he's like, I'm surprised you figured that out because you're so fucking stupid. But uh, you know what? Uh, I got another surprise for you, bitch. And he does the Kamehamehame stance. Which is like also someone else's move, I'm assuming. It's not anybody's move, Eric. It is Goku's move. And it's like his like big move? Yes. Okay. Goku is like Superman. You know, no one could touch that shit. Um, So it's a really big deal to see anyone else do this, period. Got it. Uh, and that's why when he does the little the little kung fu hands, he he and he doesn't even start doing it. Everyone starts freaking the fuck got out. Got it, got it, got it. And because he's calling upon this, people all the way on the island at, at Master Roshi's house, they can sense it because these these bitches are really into like aura reading. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> they can that. just sense. There stuff. was. The, I thought it was kind of funny that there was no visual representation of the energy. Like, they're just all yeah, talking about anything. energy. It's... Oh, my God. So It's like being at, like, a radical, a less fairy, annoying. like, luncheon, and they're oh all just God. talking about, like, absorbing each other's energy. It's it's very much that. <laughs> I mean, at least it's more emotional at this point. Like, really early in the series, it's about literal numbers of power oh. and energy. Like, literal, like, oh, they have, like, 600 power level versus whatever. But now they're just, like, I just sense it. I, like, sense it in the air. You have, like, a really toxic energy level. Um, 
No need to be precise so, about these things. There's just a lot of energy. No, they just, they sense, da- you know, and Gohan's like, I sense dad's energy, but he's right there in the house. So, like, what the fuck? What are, uh, like, the, what are, like, the, do we even have time for this? Like, what is, like, the character tier breakdown here? Like, who's the top tier? Who's mid tier? Who's bottom Okay, Goku, tier? Goku top tier. Okay. Okay. Then... Uh, right underneath him is Vegeta, who you only see briefly in this episode, freaking out. Okay. Uh, underneath Vegeta, you got Piccolo and Future Trunks. Okay. Future Trunks is Bulma and Vegeta's son from the future. Yes, I got that from the episode. We only you found out me. that Bulma and Vegeta fucked like very recently. Yeah, yeah, like ten episodes <laughs> before. I got that. Yeah. Um. And then, um, and these are the, okay, do you want me to include villains in this now, I'm, I'm wondering? Uh, just like, you know, a, a, give me a lay of the land. Who's mid card, who's top co- upper card, you know. Okay, so top card is like Goku, the androids. They mentioned Frieza and Cooler in this, um, who were the last baddies, uh-huh. but they would have been top card. Uh, uh, you know, Vegeta is like, you know, number two in line. Okay. So... He's like, you know, I, I I forget who's top dog right now. I don't know who to compare him He's to. like a Bobby Lashley. Um, he is he is like a Bobby Lashley, but a little more more respect. Okay. With okay. more respect. Okay. Um yeah, and then yeah, you got your Piccolo, Future Trunks. Oh you know what? Future Trunks is probably on the same tier as Vegeta right now. Okay. But that doesn't last very long because he can go super sane. Okay. Um and then you start getting into like the everyone else uh, oh, is sort Gohan, of lower lower tier. Gohan is uh he is like mid tier heading towards top tier. And then you get the 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 C squad. So you got your uh you don't even see half these people. You got Tien uh who is a guy with three eyes. Oh, I saw him for a second. He, he's like a real tag along. He's like He's just getting the paychecks. Uh-huh. You get Yamcha, who was the world's number one martial artist before aliens showed okay. up, and that pretty much put everything to shame. Got it. And then you got Krillin, who's a little bald friend. Okay. Who trained with baby Goku, but, uh, you know, he's now a huge bitch and later on becomes a literal cop. So we don't, we don't stand. Uh, what, does Bulma uh, not fight anyone? No, women don't get to fight ex- until we meet Android 18. So that's like another reason why she's kind of a big deal in the Dragon Ball Z franchise. Chi-Chi, Goku's wife, fights. Her name is in Chi-Chi? The original Dragon Ball. Yeah, her name is literally Chi-Chi. Well, that's adorable. What's she wearing? Yeah, she is adorable. You should look. You should uh, look up Dragon Ball drawings of her because she's very adorable in the original. You know, my computer yeah, really knows wears- me because when I started t- typing Chi-Chi. It filled in Duvain RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was like, "Yes, that is probably <laughs> who I'm looking for." Oh, she's cute. She seems earnest. Yeah, she's cute. Um, and then later on in this series, um, when everyone ages up a little bit, there's another girl who fights named Videl, who I'm a big fan of. What's how, who's Mr. Satan's? Who's she? Videl, uh, daughter. Yeah, V I D E L. Okay, Videl. She wears some like bike shorts. She's got some. Oh, she's tails. adorable. She looks good. Yeah. I would play as her in she's, the fighting game. She's great. Is she good? Where um, she's like a mid Carter? 
She's a she's okay. Unfortunately, she's not an alien. Uh-huh. Like that's the thing is like you know all the Saiyans they're from outer space. They can do beams and shit. So you could be like she's like a great fighter. Her dad's a, essentially a Hulk Hogan. Okay. Um, but you know you can't shoot beams. Wait, and shit. humans it's a very just sexist can't show. shoot beams? No, but some of them figure out how to fly. <laughs> okay, got it. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> He does the Kamehameha. Everyone's like, what the fuck? That's impossible. And he does the beam, and even Piccolo's like, oh my god, he really did it. And then from the dust that kicks up, he wraps around Piccolo in what looks like would be a really great way to crack your back. He sticks his needle tail into his arm, and all these gross, gloopy sounds happen, and his arm shrinks and withers, uh, and... uh, Kame screams from within his body, and then we get an unnecessary reaction shot from Mr. Popo. I'm like, just edit Mr. Popo out. We don't need Mr. Popo. Oh, I think I know which one Mr. Popo was. You know who Mr. Popo We don't need to say any more about that. Moving on. Yeah, uh, and then he slips out of his grip, but now his right arm is a withery little piece of celery. Ooh, you left it on the shelf. It went bad. Does he get that arm back ever? So, historically, he can just rip off his limbs and they grow back. So, I'm kind of like, why aren't you just doing that? Okay. Um, He, uh, spoiler, he eventually does get his arm back. Okay. But not right now. Um, He has a gross, wilted celery arm, and it looks gross. And... um, you know, he's like, you managed to get away, but your arm's fucked, and now I'm going to super-duper kill you because um, you can't balance. And he concedes he can't balance and he can't fight. So Cell does a speech about how he's so powerful he can fully feel his transformation, so that should be a little bit of a like a parting gift. And he demands to know his name before he dies. And he's like, I am Cell. And I am an android. Isn't that neat? I'm a bug, but I'm also an android. What do you think about that? And that's when the announcer comes on and says, this is Cell, and he is an android. Is that for real? Find out next week on Dragon Ball Z. So he's the first bug android. Yeah, he's the first, like, weirdo bug android. Up until this point, we've had, like, a weird clown and an old man, and we had these two sexy fashion twinks and that bear. But this is the first bug. This is the first, uh, you know, uh, Beast Wars moment. Got it. Okay, I'm following. Wow, this this goes. Yeah. This is more complex than I thought it was. I kind of thought this was more of like a like a show for children situation where there's no continuous plot. It's just like every episode is like a different misadventure. I didn't realize that this was all. Okay, I'm getting it. No, unfortunately, it's like a 900 episode continuing plot. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it seems fun for people. It seems like a lot, um, but I get why people get obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, this is where we rate the episode out of seven Dragon Balls. Um, I would give this episode... Uh, I'm going to give it five out of seven. It was pretty good. We got big beams. We got a witherly little celery arm. I love Cell's stupid bug form. I just wish there was more fighting and less talking. But, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, Eric, what what would you rate this as? I I don't have anything to compare it to, so it's a little difficult for me. But I 
think I agree with about a five or a set of seven. I would have liked more fighting because the fighting sequence was fun. Um, yeah. I would have liked more women in cool outfits. I think the the episode lacked women in cool outfits, um, which is mostly what I watch anime for, to be perfectly honest. So um, for those two points, you get a, deduct a point deduction for each of those, and the you're at five out of seven. So yeah. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Do you have it in your, your yourself for me to do an email? An email? From my fans. We we read emails oh, on this oh, show. Oh, uh sure, why not? It's time for Dragon Give me some of that Dragon letter comes from Bennett Christensen. Hello. Hello Bennett man. writes, What's up, ballers? You have to ride an animal into battle. You can choose any animal or insect, etc. in the world, and you can make them size appropriate for you to ride into combat. What animal do you choose? I love a succinct and fun question like this. So, Eric, what are you riding to battle? Or just, like, into town to do shopping? Um, you know, I'm just going to go with the first thing that popped into my head, which would be a size appropriate praying mantis, just because it would be pretty like, Ooh, badass. that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of a buggo. I feel like I, I, uh, you know, I mean, my first gut reaction, everyone knows I love frogs, but that's like not very convenient. It's very like up and down. Slimy. I feel like I would get nauseous. That would be a problem. Yeah, it is very slimy. I feel like maybe something more mammalia. Um, maybe just like a really big basset hound. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Very floppy. Yeah. Oh, but they say battle. Ugh. All right. Then I would just do a really big rat. I was going to say like, like maybe like a, for you, like a koala bear, because those motherfuckers are evil and fierce. Yeah, but they're so sleepy and full of gonorrhea. I need something that can like, you know, get me through the shit. They'll, koala bears can fight, bitch. Really? Yeah, they get like super mega aggressive and really, really violent. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. They big are Australian. Time. So I feel like they got to fight just... to survive in the land of the criminals. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like you got to be hostile. Okay. I guess I'm riding a koala bear. Um, that was we really... workshopped it. We got We workshopped there. it. We got there. I feel like we, we made it through. Um, well. Thank you, Bennett. That was really fun and succinct, which I love to hear. Uh, I, do these normally ramble upon? Sometimes it depends on the writer. Sometimes people ask us a cute question. Sometimes they just uh, have some thoughts. Oi, about Dragon Ball or about any old thing? About any old thing. Sometimes okay. Dragon Ball. You know, listen, uh, it's been a hard year for all of us. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> that part all right well it's that time of the night plug a plug a choo choo eric where can the people find you uh you can find me at eric underscore s-h-o-r-e-y on twitter where i increasingly rarely pop in to have a strong opinion about something in popular culture usually something a drag queen is wearing um you can also find my YouTube show with uh, Lady Verica uh, at youtube.com slash the nobodies or just Google like the nobodies YouTube channel or something. I don't know. You'll find it. You're a smart young person. And um, 
yeah, you could also find my writing at Judgment, which is a Substack I run with um, elusive Chanteuse Tom Blunt, <laughs> and she is um, we write about um, whatever the fuck we want. Uh, we're both people who have written freelance for ten years, and we're sick of working with editors who just want us to do SpawnCon. So we just created a little blogo where we write uh in depth about various goth obscura yeah Um, it's uh it's great uh tom famously has a really great essay about queer characters in it which i always uh really loved oh yeah that Um, one is very good weirdly our um most popular thing on that website is his review of the new craft movie which apparently is garbage oh it is i i didn't see it but I, i i believe it (laughs) Um, Robin, whose internet betrayed him halfway through the show, which breaks my heart because I know you probably had a lot more to say about this. You could go to his website at RobinEnrico.com, R-I-B-I-N-E-N-R-I-C-O.com, where you could purchase his comics, Life of Vice, or Jam in the Band. He's just goddamn delightful. And you can find me at Katie Rose on Twitter at oh hello Katie Rose on Instagram, but both of them are on lock right now because I am trying to get a job. So if you add me on there, try not to have shady presence because uh, I won't add you then. And, hey guys, uh, also check- just like uh, the Twitter's bad for your mental health, and just lock it down sometimes. And take yeah, just lock it down sometimes. Sometimes it's fun to just lock it down. Yeah. Uh, check out Last Words on the Pit. It's my day job. We've had a slew of big hitters, including Max Cavallera and uh, Dave Lombardo and all your your faves. Uh, We're heading into Pride Week, so I got some cuties on deck to talk metal. Wait, what Pride cuties do you have? Is that a secret? It's a secret right now, but I'll I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. It's people... it, they're fine. Uh, <laughs> I still am working for a corporation. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and as always, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash BOSpod. Eric, thank you so much for being here. Oh, wait. I have one more plug. I have one more plug. Do it. Do it. It's fine. Um, I have a track uh, on the new album from Aja, who is oh, a former competitor on RuPaul's Drag Race. They are now a internationally touring rapper, and I produced with my co-producer uh, winner uh, the track Horsewhip, which features New York City rapper Dayburger. And the track is really good, and it just got written up in British Vogue. So um, holy shit! Go listen I also to love Dayburger. I she's so good. Wait, she's how do you say so it? fucking cool? Have what I been mispronouncing her name for like ten years? You sure have. It's Dayburger. Oh fuck. <laughs> I definitely said Die Burger for many, many, many years. So don't so worry about it. Okay, well now I know. She's uh, great. I love her. I think she's one of the best rappers. I think she's people sleep on her. I think she's such an amazing rapper and she's so good on this track. And I think you would just really love listening to it if you gave it a listen. And it gives uh, me I'm... one ninth of a penny every time someone streams it. So just yeah. like do so that. So just for me. just leave it on the background when you leave for the day. Yeah, uh, I think they disabled that, but you know, give it a try. <laughs> well, Thanks for listening, guys. That's been this week. We'll see you next week. Have a good night.